1: hi guys and welcome to fftv high press as promised sarah clapson has very kindly put some time aside to come and join us tonight and talk about herself and her journey with nottingham forest hope you're all doing well and let's get into this hi sarah how are you doing it's good to see Hello, you
0: good good thank you thank you for having me
1: Thank you for coming on. I know you're a little under the weather, so I do appreciate you taking the time out. Hopefully you're feeling a bit better now.
0: Yes, no, much better, thank you. Still a bit sniffly, so apologies for that. And apologies for my Wi-Fi, it's pretty bad.
1: It's OK, we can we, we can cope, we can cope. I'm sure the result on Saturday you know, has helped make you feel just that little bit better going forward.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant on Saturday.
1: How did you find the atmosphere? The atmosphere was obviously fantastic, but did you feel it was one of the the hottest atmospheres of the season so far? Because oh, West Ham one was great as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. It reminded me a lot of the playoff semi final against Sheffield United. It was that good. It was just amazing. The the last few minutes or so after the equaliser, it was just incredible. The noise was it was sensational. Gives you goosebumps. It nice. Days like that are just phenomenal. Um it yeah, it was something special, it really was. And hopefully there's a few more special ones still like that to come.
1: Plenty more, hopefully, plenty more. Did you feel cause I started to get that feeling after Haaland missed those guillotine chances that it might just be our day. Did we start to sense that feeling as well around that time?
0: Yeah, I think it kind of grew, didn't it, when Navas pulled off some of those saves, some of the yeah. defending and yeah, the chances that were missed, you kind of thought it's still 1-0, still a chance, applauded off at half time. There's still something there. I'll be honest, I still wasn't convinced that an equaliser was going to come. But then once it did, I thought, well, you know, they might go on and win this because they they had the wind in the sails, momentum. and yeah. Like I say, the crowd and the noise and everything. It was just, yeah, it, it was brilliant. What a day. Absolutely it brilliant.
1: Was... I'm just getting goosebumps just remembering it now. Honestly, it's it's yeah. crazy to see it. But yeah, um, thank you so much for joining I mean, We're going to get into all the football talk, of course, in a second. I just want to quickly say hi to some of the guys in the chat as they're piling in. We've already got like nearly 70 in here. Phil, good to see you. Phil says hi. Uh, looking forward to Sarah's views and observations as we go through the night. Uh, We've got Jatinia in here as well nottingham now and then the legend he's a bit busy but he says he'll be watching later (laughs) martin as well a regular with us evening all really looking forward to this me too i'm really looking forward to having a good chat with sarah we got our very own fftv and in there hope you're well we are doing fantastic so many coming in, guys. We've I've put open q and A, Q&A, so get your questions into the Q and A, uh, and we'll pull out some of the good ones and ask Sarah towards um, the end of the show. So, Sarah, um, I guess really I want to start not so much at the beginning because I'll be honest <laughs> with you, we're red here. <laughs> but really, can you tell us how, a bit about the background and and how you got started when it came into reporting about Nottingham Forest and how that journey began? Because I think it's it, it's something we all want to know, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, I started at The Post in 2014. So nearly 10 years ago, well, nine years ago. Um, so it's been a fairly long time. Before that, I was at the Scunthorpe Telegraph. So I covered Scunthorpe, who have gone in completely the opposite direction now. When I was covering them, they were in the championship. Um, obviously, that's gone completely the opposite way. Um,
1: long were you the there, first oh, I've got... The I've got one of my close mates from there, and I, it's okay. it's not ex- yeah, it's not exactly the nicest part of England, is it? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's um, yeah, completely different now, completely different, and it, it's real sad. Uh, the football club is such uh, same as a lot of places, a big part of the the town, and to see it how it is is a real shame. Um, but yeah, when I first started at the post, I did Mansfield. Yeah. So, I covered them for a year, a season, I think, season and a half. Um, and then I started covering Forest in 2015, I think. Yeah, about 2015. Um, so, even seen a lot of changes in that amount of time. Uh, it's uh,
1: Plenty of managers now. as well. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, plenty of managers, plenty of players, and, and yeah, a promotion, which is incredible. Never thought that would happen back then. So, yeah, absolutely thrilled at how it's gone.
1: And then, really, so, so since twenty fifteen, it's been quite solid, focusing on forests um, from that period. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So we, we've we've kind of changed our, our sports desk has obviously changed a lot in that time. Um, Paul Taylor, who's now at the Athletic, I yeah. used to work alongside him, um, yeah. and, and obviously when he left, I became the main forest reporter. So really, since twenty nineteen, I've been um, doing it as the main forest reporter for the Post.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So really what I would really like to know is what has changed from the championship to premier league both in terms of what you see as a you know a correspondent in there has because I remember when Steve Cooper did his first interview this season And they asked him, he said, well, there's the thing that just stuck in my mind. He said, there's a lot more of you guys here now than there (laughs) was this time last year. Has that, is that something you've noticed from your side as well? Is there a lot more buzz around what's happening in the ground?
0: Uh, It's completely different. And and he's right. It is. You sometimes have to fight for a seat sometimes in press conferences because there's so much more interest. The spotlight in terms of being on the Premier League is just, it's something else. It's yeah it, it's just changed completely really so much more interest so much more focus obviously Forrest is talked about on on all the chat shows and on much of the day and yeah everybody's got an opinion now and everybody wants to to have a piece and and get involved and um yeah it, it's just completely different completely different and is there
1: is there a bit of a pecking order at all because you know there's always sky and bbc and stuff that come in do they is there a prioritization when it comes to things like that or is it is there a set routine with that
0: yeah so so in press conferences generally um pre-match ones there'll be a broadcast section um which is the likes of sky and Mm -hmm. um uh, bbc sometimes and the Mm -hmm. premier league bring their their own people um yeah and then there'll be a written section, um, which is what I'm part of. So you can listen yeah. in on the broadcast section. Um, and then we have a, a separate section for, for all the written journalists to ask yeah. questions. Um, so it's very good. It's all very fair. And everybody gets a chance to to ask a question, to be involved. Um, it, it's, it's really good. And Steve's brilliant. He's brilliant with the press. So it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 in that sense, nothing's changed. But yeah. just in terms of the spotlight, it's completely different.
1: Yeah. And how long did these press conferences last for? Because obviously we see the snippets of it or whatever it is it's about, you know, sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's 20. But how does how does that process work? Like, what time would you get um, in there and what time would you end up leaving? And I'm sure you've got deadlines that you got to get stuff out for because there's always the embargo, isn't there, on the press conferences. Right.
0: Yeah. So generally the press conferences last, um, on average, I'd say about half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. So the um, the broadcast ones... Do this which maybe 15 minutes or so and then maybe another 15 minutes for written media um so they're pretty long it's a yeah. long time for a manager yeah. to be talking um and to be answering questions but credit to him he he, he answers every single one and he, he's really good um and then obviously you have things to type up afterwards so it, they are long days but they're so interesting it's great when you have a manager that speaks really well and really engages um wants to make a point and wants to get messages across to fans because that's what it's about. We're, we're putting messages from the manager to the supporters. He's um, getting his point across at times and he speaks so well, really, really well. I, I hope that comes across in his press conferences because it um, certainly does when we're there and we're listening to him. He's so interesting to talk to.
1: I think as well what I like about what he does in the press conference is he's addressing a lot of the journalists by their first name. So there almost feels like there's a relationship um, there, you know. It's quite polite, isn't it, that he's someone's taken the time to know your name, et cetera, and I'm sure there's a swarm of people there as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, he, 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 I would say he knows pretty much everybody's uh, name. He's really good and he'll... Um, engage really well he's i mean he, he's just how he comes across really so friendly so down to earth um, pretty honest um, just a, a really nice guy um, and it's just what you see is what you get i think with him mm.
1: fantastic and then um, obviously you have your deadlines after that so is, is there a set time where you've got to get the you know yours written in and then it's obviously going to go into the editors etc or can that be quite loose or is that quite a stressful time of the day for you
0: it's stressful because there's so much to write um but yeah no because we um work in terms of putting stuff up online there's, there's no set deadline for that really um obviously we have um deadlines for the paper but in terms of getting content up online it's 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 flexible and pretty easy so it's just trying to get it all out there as soon as the press conferences is finished and um yeah it's it's busy but good They're, they're hectic days but but really good ones i really enjoy going to those press conferences and and hearing what the manager and the players as well we get to speak to some of the players as well and there's so many great characters in the squad at the minute um really enjoy talking to them. Uh, Gustavo Scarpa is one of the most interesting people I've ever interviewed. I love him. He's just, he's absolutely brilliant. I could sit and talk to him all day um, and probably still have questions to ask him because he's such a character. Uh, but th- there's so many like that. They're all great to talk to, all great guys. And um, particularly some of the newer signings, they've got good backstories, really interesting yeah. backstories like Danilo and, and Felipe and Scarpa. Um, and it's great to, to find out all about that.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you about Scott? Cause I love him. I think yeah. uh, personality wise, it shines across there. It's, you know, it, he's always got a smile on his face the way he just came into Nottingham skateboarding away. And you know? mm-hmm. I'm desperate for him to get himself regularly in the first team. But do you think he's had an influence over those around him? Like uh, I pick Renan and Lodi as the main example, because he was taken a while to settle in. He came in. I don't know if you've spoken to Loddy yourself because He didn't have much English when he first came, but he looks like he's vastly improving at the moment. And do you think Scarpa has been a bit of an assistant to him in terms of uh, settling him in? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think having that Brazilian contingent is really helpful in general. Obviously, Felipe knows Lodi as well. Um, Danilo Agarpa knew each other. Um, And they all seem to get on. But I know when we spoke to Scarpa, he was really keen to say that he didn't just want to be part of the Brazilian group. He wanted to get to know... English culture, the English players. He really wants to develop. I mean, he's great. His English is great, anyway. It's really, really good. Um, But he wants to get better, um, and he wants to experience a a different side of things. Um, And he's really just keen to throw himself in. Uh, But I think it can definitely help in terms of uh, players like Lodi and Felipe coming in. That there are players there who they know. Who speak the same language you can help them adapt um i know there's for, for danilo for instance Scarpa acts as a little bit of a, a go-between between the manager yeah. and and him and, and tells him some of the instructions and helps with the translation and and um, just helps him settle in i guess yeah. i think that can make a big difference sometimes i think we we forget that they're human beings and if you move to a different country or a different even a different city you still have to settle in. You still have to get to know everybody and feel at home, just. And, and they're exactly Find the same. Find
1: the local Tesco's and all that. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Find what food you like, everything like that. Um, so it, it, there's a human side of it as well as a football side. And if you've got the human side right, then the football side follows, I think.
1: Absolutely. Just take a second to thank Nottingham now and then for donating ten pounds um, to the channel. Thank you so much, buddy. I do appreciate it. And we've got already we've got over hundred and twenty people in here. I hope you guys are enjoying what Sarah's telling us, giving us the inside track into Nottingham Forest. It, it's just putting a smile on my face just imagining, you know, the the players there interacting and and how they're getting on. I think as fans, that's something we really want to hear about because we get we see them, you know, ninety minutes. Um, on a weekend and it's all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we just Mm. would love to get on you know some things do frustrate us I'm I'm speaking on my you know from my point of view in terms of things like injuries and injury updates and the amount of injuries we've got currently and uh, you know that's been a frustration for us as fans is that something you guys are allowed to ask them in the press conferences at all or is it something that's um, when asked and answered, you have to move on to the, to the next question.
0: No, we generally always ask about injuries. Uh, pretty much every week, I think, Steve Cooper's asked about, because there's been so many. There's been have a new so one so every week, or, hasn't there? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, there'll be another one on, on Thursday, I think we speak to him. So we'll ask about Aurier then, for instance, and see how, how he is. But he doesn't always give a lot away. No. But, that I mean, I'm sure that's he's entitled to do that. Managers are in, entitled to say how much or how little they like about injuries. And I'm sure there's there's thought behind it, Um but he'll always answer. um And he always provides some kind of information about it. It's just that there's a long list at the moment.
1: It's, a, I mean, you could put out a whole team, couldn't you, <laughs> with the injuries exactly. we've got. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just so when like... you think it's getting a little bit better, another one yeah. comes along. Another it, one comes it,
1: along but you know so if you want to if you want to spin it on a positive imagine what we may be like once all these players are up and uh and fit you know if it ever happens
0: yeah exactly um it's it's encouraging but frustrating at the same time Absolutely. when you think about the players that are out but hopefully it does get better really looking forward to seeing Carte when he gets back i can't um, wait yeah. really excited to see what he could bring hopefully Touchwood. it's it's not long um because I think he can be really
1: good. Yeah, he's back training isn't he? Um non-contact from the last we heard. And I, I think yeah. that one has frustrated the fans a lot because we saw the whole thing where he went away with Senegal um during the friendlies back in October, wasn't it? I think he went and then he was sent back after the second match and we were getting hyped up as a fan base about it that you know he was he was nearly fit and then I think the last update we saw from him was just before Christmas. He said he'll be back in 2023. And it's like, I can't wait to see him back on the pitch. I think he's going to bring us such strength and such pace um, in that yeah. defensive line.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's frustrating for him and for, for the manager as well. He's, he's just been really unfortunate with his setbacks and um, just having to be patient, I guess. But hopefully soon. Really high. Is so. he
1: someone you've spoken to at all, Neocate?
0: No, no, we haven't had a chance yet, um, largely because he's he's been out injured for the vast majority mm. of the season. But hopefully when he's back, we get a chance to, because he, I think he'll be really interesting to talk to.
1: Absolutely. Well, speaking of the summer signings that came in, I think another thing um, that I want to touch on is about the summer transfer window itself. Uh, in all my years of supporting Forest, never did I think we would be spending money like that, but... It almost felt like there was a new player coming in every other day. And it was fantastic because I loved it. It was one of the most enjoyable summer windows we ever had because, you know, when we went into the end of the season, my expectations were maybe we can snap up Ghana. Maybe we can get, you know, maybe Zink, even though I'm not fully convinced he'd be Premier League. You know, that, that kind of level. And Keenan yeah. Davis, you know, let's let's turn these loanies into full signings. We'll spend 20, maybe 30 million. And then bang, Nia comes in for around 12, Nick. Williams for 17 and it was like an ever. it was just getting more and more fun how was it from your perspective though sitting on the other side and, and how does it work is it something where you're potentially getting information from maybe leads and sources that are pointing in that direction or are you really questioning the club when you're you're sitting in front of them how does it work from um your side of things
0: Yeah, so the summer was crazy, absolutely crazy, um, because it was pretty much a new signing every week, uh, new names cropping up every week. It was just, I've never known a transfer window like it. Before it started, uh, I thought there'd be quite a few. Um, I was expecting it to be a big summer and a busy summer, but I I didn't think it would be that many. Um, Bless him, every time we, we talked to the manager, then there was a different question to put to him about it um and I think nearly every time he said oh you're talking about it through gritted teeth almost I think was his words because it became a big thing didn't it Forrester made so many signings oh they've yeah. made another one they've made another one they've made another one and uh, yeah it, it was just crackers and um, trying to keep on top of it and trying to to follow up which leads were, were going to lean to something or which were, were just rumors it was um yeah it was busy but it was enjoyable. I think yeah. it, it was exciting. Um, yeah. To, the kind of names that were coming in as well, Jesse Lingard. He was one that I was really, he was really high profile, and also really interested to see how he does or how he did, yeah. um, because he was somebody that captured the imagination and, and got a lot of headlines for for various different reasons. Um, so there was you a lot of excitement start to about hear
1: him. about Jesse. If we look at Jesse as an example, because. Um, there was a lot of talk about him going back to West Ham. There was some talk about MLS and things. And Forest weren't ever really put into the equation until a week or so, if I remember that far back before it. But was it something you were getting wind of at all um, prior to it, it kind of breaking out?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there was certainly whispers. Um, and yeah. it was something that I, I know Jesse's come out and, and said himself that, Forrest made him feel wanted, they made him feel loved the manager and, and the owners really took the time to show him affection, show him they wanted him, um, made him feel like he was going to be part of the club and, and really chased him um, I think when you you have that as a player and you you can see that somebody really wants you and, and really wants you to be part of the club then that's got to mean a lot um, and it, yeah. it, it certainly did to him and, and he had options, um, clearly but I think the the fact that he chose Forrest said a lot. Um, I hope he's fit for the weekend. I'm sure he's hoping he's fit for the weekend. If, he, if he's going to be involved, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's desperate to play um, on Saturday.
1: Would you risk him on Saturday? Do you think you would chuck him straight in from what you've seen of him? I'm still not oh, convinced I... of him on the pitch, if I'm being honest. I think Morgan Gibbs-White is, is still my number one. Uh, but, you know, Jesse can play out on the left which is a position we're struggling in. Yeah. Um, But would you risk him fitness-wise from your point of view?
0: I I think I would probably have him on the bench um, because he has been struggling. Um, He's Mm. he's obviously had this knee problem and he's Achilles problem.
1: Mm. So
0: you don't want to take any gamble. You don't want to risk it, getting him, um, making anything even worse. I'd definitely have him on the bench if he's fit, though, um, because I'm sure he'd be chomping at the bit to come on and, and make something happen or score and... I still think there's a lot more to come from him. Um it's a real shame that once he'd got going he had those injuries and they kind of stopped him in his tracks because he'd really started to find his form um and around and the really cup stopped... match
1: against Spurs wasn't it yeah. Yeah,
0: that first goal was a massive turning point for him. He's a real confidence player. Um mm. and, and once he's got that and once he's you know found his flow I think he he was just going to keep going but injuries unfortunately stopped him. Um hope he can find his form again because he can be a really big player. I know that uh, Morgan Gibbs-White is just incredible. Sensational. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's just fantastic. But, yeah. I mean, we've seen before Gibbs-White, Johnson, Lingard can play in the same team. and um, Lingard can play a few different roles. Even... Morgan Gibbs-White and-, and Brennan Johnson yep. can play different roles. So yep. I think you can find a way of fitting them all in. But it's nice also to have those options on the bench. Strong benches are, are massive in the Premier League. Especially in the Premier League. Well, with that.
1: our injuries, definitely. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Can I can I ask you about Morgan Gibbs-White? He's one of my, uh, you know, he's-, he's right there with me in-, in the heart. I love him to bits. He was <laughs> one that was on off on off all summer all summer we as a fan base we wanted him you know i mean we saw what he did to us last season plenty of times Mm. um and i I was always impressed with him and he's a he's a player of the profile that everyone knows that cooper likes working with that style of player they've had their relationship uh, when in the england setup um and it was on and off and on and off but Mm. There was talks about um, Hussain Mawar coming around that time, and that deal was getting quite close. And then suddenly overnight, it was like, Forrest have signed MGW. And it was, <laughs> it was like, really? And then obviously the whole thing came out with his price. Again, from from your perspective, like how do you get to what you're going to start saying in, in the paper about his his quoted price? Because we were hearing... 20 mil, then we were hearing 45 mil, then we are hearing things like add-ons if he plays for England, if he gets X amount of goals, Y amount of goals, you know, if the sun um, sets in the east and rises in the west kind of thing. <laughs> how how do you go about piecing all that stuff together? And and how did you feel when that news broke as well on MGW?
0: I think it was exciting. I mean, he's a really exciting player. Um, and yeah, there's there's different types floating around, but I know... It doesn't seem to be affecting him. He's, the manager's been asked about it quite a lot and, and kind of said it's not something that he thinks about. It's not something that Morgan Gibbs-White thinks about. Um, he's just getting on with it. He's, he just yeah. doesn't seem to carry that weight. I think when you compare maybe to when Yao Carvalho came in and he was a record signing and he had that big price tag. yeah, And I think it weighed, weighed on him a little bit. He maybe didn't always show it, but there was so much expectation around him, and so much um, noise, and, and um, everybody wanted him to do really well. Mm. And it, he didn't always maybe deal with it in the same way that Morgan Gibbs White does. He just brushes it off and, and shows what he can do on the pitch, and does lets that do his talking. Um, it's interesting to see how it, you know, how different players cope with things like that. Um, but yeah, I. I I think it's proving a bargain, isn't it? I know it's, yeah, it's it, still it a really fair is. amount of money, but it, it for what he's brought so far and the potential and how far he can go, it's it's an absolute bargain. It really is. He's he's just going to get even better.
1: Yeah, and and the thing like I've got obviously plenty of mates who are not Forest fans, and they're like forty five mil for Morgan Gibbs White. I said to all of them, I hope he costs us forty five mil because <laughs> if those add-ons are being, you know. Um, um you know activated Mm. by those kind of criteria then why would i not want him to cost us that much you know and that's people were looking at it the wrong way around in my opinion i don't think anyone really knows what the actual figure is but if it is to be 42 or 45 or whatever it is that means we've you know achieved certain things in the season and it's a plus sign for us
0: Exactly yeah I mean there's the base fee but then there's the add-ons um, yeah. and you're right if he achieves the, those add-ons it's great it means he's going in the right direction and it means the club's going in the right direction absolutely. Um, I, I think it's just it's really good business and he's so good he's absolutely fantastic to watch and when you think how young he is, how much potential he's got um, working with Steve Cooper, the link up with Brennan Johnson as well is just
1: that's clicking gone from now. strength
0: yeah. to strength. The yeah. two of them together are, are just fantastic. And you think, well, you know, this is their first season yeah. playing regularly at this level. For for Brennan in particular, you remember that only a couple of years ago, he was playing for Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, Last year was his first year really at Forest, holding down a place in the side, making him, himself heard in the championship. And then to make that level up, that step up, um, he's doing so well and he, they're just going to get better.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the chat are absolutely loving mgw um sarah saying mgw worth every penny tricky mickey saying we all love mgw it's uh loads in there they have to Tony saying he's worth 80 million now and i think <laughs> that you know we, we you know we we do laugh at that but potentially if he carries yeah. on in the development and the way he's going then uh, i mean if Grealish is worth 100 i know which player i'd rather have you know so oh, it's, absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. i hope that we never have to find out how much he's worth because you, no, you'd like yeah, to think that he's here for a long, long time. But exactly,
1: yeah. yeah because it, you do far sense far. it, don't you, that, that Cooper's looking to build the nucleus of the team around the likes of Jono, around the likes of Morgan, uh, you know, those younger talents, Yates as well, coming in. So there's a bit of a nucleus of youth who are showing, you know, their worth within the Premier League. And is it, it is exciting, but it all stems on what happens this season, doesn't it? It could all be for nothing, but uh, we don't think like that here. We're staying no, up no,
0: no. I think there's a real good mix um, at the minute in terms of experience and youth. The, the January window was so key in bringing experienced players mm. in like Felipe, like John Joe Shelby, um, Navas, Navas, players who've played at a really good level who know what it takes, who can handle the pressure, who can handle these big games and the the, the Man City kind of experiences. Um, and they're helping the younger players as well. And there's a real good balance now, I think, in that dressing room in terms of players who've been there and done that and players who are really exciting and who go out into those games with no fear and just want to show what they can do. And mm. Danilo as well falls into that. Really excited to see what he can do. Um, yeah. he's, taken, he's just adapting at the minute to English football and to the Premier League to a new and team. And the language, yeah. Exactly. But once he gets going, I think he's going to be something special. Really excited about him.
1: Yeah, we uh we interviewed um another YouTuber who's a Palmeiras channel. Um and he was singing Danilo's praises mm. to us. He talked us through, you know, how he played for them how he was positionally, where his weaknesses are and his strengths. And then I remember asking him, um, his name's Mario. Shout out to Mario if you're watching. Um, he, I said to him, if you had to keep one between Danilo and Scarpa, who would you have kept at Palmeiras? And he said, Danilo, no questions asked. He said, it is is going in a direction. We can see it, you know. So that, that got me very excited and hyped up over Danilo when we <laughs> when Yeah, we him.
0: Yeah, I, I like Scarpa as well as a player. Um, I think he yeah. can be really good as well.
1: Absolutely. I, I'm loving the whole Brazilian vibe we've got going on. You know they're uh, talking about Cooper Cabana, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> is the, yeah. Is the thing I, I wish around. I was
0: witty enough to have come up with that myself.
1: <laughs> Whoever did it, kudos to yeah. them. You know, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Um, look, looking at that window though, and the January window. Uh, one of the questions I've got for you is: Who do you think is has been our best signing if we look at the summer window? And who do you think still should we? What's the nicest way of saying it? Still has something to prove. Um, from there from the there's a lot to pick from what was it 23 in the summer window I, I almost lost yeah. count yeah
0: yeah um, I I think you can't look past Morgan Gibbs-White really for the summer um, he's just been the standout but everybody's played a part um, I think mm. even if maybe they haven't had regular starting places Nico Williams for example has been in and out of the side a little bit but he's still played a big part and he's still somebody that has has got a lot more to give a lot of room to grow a lot of potential. Um, I think he can keep getting better as well. There's so many players though, that have just been involved in different ways, either yeah. what they bring in the dressing room um, or what they bring on the pitch or, or both. Um, yeah. Morgan Gibbs-White for me is the one that stands out though. I think Good he, choice. Yeah. I think he's just been brilliant. Um, but again, everybody's played an important part and it, when you, when you make so many signings, it's always difficult to expect every single one to be a, a massive hit and every yeah. single one to, to have a, a great impact. You're always going to get a bit of a mix. Yeah. Um, but it, it had to be such a big window. It had to involve so many players coming in. And I mean, we've seen already with the injuries and you need that strength in depth. And that's what Forest have got now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's even like, I remember when we signed Cech Kiyote in the summer, I was very skeptical over that one, especially after his first couple of games. Let's not, let's say I wasn't as big as fan, but then he did adapt in that team. You know, I expected him to play in a more CDM position and you're finding he was playing a bit more box to boxy. Um, on the pitch. Yeah. And then he grew into that position. And then, of course, he got injured, you know, <laughs> as, as things happen. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you about Chris Wood in a second, if you don't mind. But before I do, mm-hmm. Will Jones, thank you so much for the £10. Uh, that's £10 for the channel. He says, doing an awesome job, guys. You'll be here forever touch wood he says and uh yeah he's making a reference there to chris wood we've got um coming up to 200 people in here please don't forget to hit the like and again sarah thank you so much for being here guys i really hope you're enjoying what sarah's got to say it's such a lovely insight um into into the life from from the other side of it if you like rather than from what the the small window we get as fans but yeah i just want to touch on chris wood because chris wood has been very divisive in terms of the fan base and you know I'll I'll be straight with you after three games I was dead against him I thought um I didn't see much on the pitch from him in terms of what he's producing and then he obviously goes and gets the final touch on that beautiful team goal you know if man city had scored that match of the day would have been very different from the way they yeah. uh, talked about it but um what's your take been on on Chris Wood as a signing but not, not so much as a player what I'm interested to ask you about is is the deal itself and the way it was mm. structured because it was this it was this three game <clears throat> excuse me three game and then obligation to buy, but there was talks that Chris Wood himself got almost the final say to to say he wanted to go ahead with it and then 15 million plus the four million loan deal how did how did you see that situation?
0: Yeah, I mean I I think it's clear that he wanted to come. Um, the manager mm-hmm. said that he, he really wanted to be here. Um, same with um, all the players really that signed in January. Um I think he can be a solid addition. Um and we spoke to Steve Cooper actually after Saturday about him and he was saying he's somebody that the fans are really going to like. Mm-hmm. Because of his application, because of his worth work ethic, because of what he brings, um and I think Yes, he'd had those few quiet games, but it was only three games. It was still really early to be judging him overall. Um, you look at year, for instance, it took him a while yeah. to get going. Um, yeah. And since he's been out injured, he's been a big miss. Yes, Chris Wood came in, though, in the Premier League, being a really experienced player, having scored goals at this level. Um, and you'd kind of think he would hit the ground running, but it doesn't always work like that. It can take time. Um and I think in those few games, those first three games, he didn't see a lot of the ball. Forrest didn't play in a way that suited him. Saturday, we saw a completely different player. Even though he was only on the pitch for, what, 10 minutes maybe? Yeah. I thought he, he offered more than just his goal. Um, and if he keeps playing like that, and if he keeps having that kind of involvement and having that kind of impact, he can make a big difference. If he gets a few goals between now and, and, and May, and they prove to be crucial ones, which the yeah. one on Saturday could quite easily be, he'll have done his job. Um, And also don't underestimate the experience that he brings and the know-how and the um, presence that he is in the dressing room. That's something that Steve Cooper talks about a lot, about having the right characters, about having the right mix and the right blend and players who can offer different things. Um, You look at Jack Colback, for instance, hasn't played a lot particularly is so influential in the dressing room such a big character such a big presence um and then when he does get his his opportunity he makes the most of it do you and get a feel different...
1: for that sorry to interrupt do you get a feel for that like who the um who the influential characters are in the dressing room is that something you get to pick up on from what you see
0: yeah i think you you can tell who the big characters are um everybody is their own brings their own different um, you don't have to be noisy or you don't have to be loud or you don't have mm. to um there's different ways i think of, of showing or, or having an influence in the dressing room um you, you don't necessarily have to be the loudest character um i'm pretty sure jesse lingard is probably that because yeah you can see him in aria it are always
1: dancing around with the boombox exactly box, aren't they? Yeah.
0: yeah exactly i mean you need those kind of characters yeah as absolutely well. um, yeah but yeah, you can see when you are around the players or when you listen to the manager or when you talk to the players as well, who is a big influence and who um, who they all look up to in different ways. Um, there are some really big, interesting characters there and it's a nice blend. It really is. You can see that when yeah. whenever we, we go to the, the press conferences or, or talk to any of them, you can see they're a nice group. And I think you get that in some of the videos that that the club put up or or the social media clips that that Lingard puts up of them dancing and um, they're just a good group and that counts for a lot it really does
1: yeah. Do you, do you feel that, um, have you noticed, should I say, the difference in the social media presence of Nottingham Forest now? There tends to be a lot more of the backstories of the players now where I feel like they're almost trying to let us in as fans to get a feel for their personalities and not just, you know, that 90 minute window we see during um, the weekend. Is that, is that something you feel they're actively doing and looking to push?
0: I mean it's it's a big part of football now, isn't it? Yeah. Social media yeah. and um not just for, for clubs but for players as well. Every player now has a an Instagram or or, or a Twitter or, or or on TikTok yeah. or something. So there's all these different windows and different ways of, of seeing a little peek behind the scenes if you like, and seeing them mm. as a group or in, in training. Um I think it's great. I, I, I absolutely love it. I love the um Brennan Johnson's outfit of the day videos that he, he started putting yeah, up on, on those, TikTok, yeah. and
1: I can get away with wearing some of the stuff he wears. I'd say.
0: Well, no, no. I mean, I'm no fashion critic, but I, I'd just like to have a little <laughs> insight into what goes on. Um yeah. it, it's nice to to see inside the dressing room if you like, and, and different behind the scenes things. The bench camp. Absolutely love the bench cam and the match day passes that the, the club yeah. do. They're great. I thought the one on Saturday was brilliant where you could see all the players singing along Up to Fast our yeah. Magic and yeah. yeah, nodding away and how they were leaping out off their seats Ryan Yates running down the touchline when the goal went in. Things like that just showed Kind of it does make
1: me movie. shudder a little. I'm like, slow down, you're meant to be injured. Don't run too fast <laughs> and pull another muscle. <laughs> yeah. But it is really good to see that that kind of cohesiveness between the team. Mm. And you know, the likes of talk sport and the start of the winter at uh, the start of the season were just taking the mick, weren't they? How's he gonna get yeah. all these players gelling together, etc. So it's really good to see that coming along. Um, speaking of players and and how well they're doing. I want to talk about a fun subject. Yeah, I think you know where we're going with this one. Um, as 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 we've spoken about, I do player ratings as well, so I'm probably the only sympathetic ear you have here. Uh, I'm but glad I do. Is. I I have promised the guys that I will ask you about this and your player ratings and and really how <laughs> you come to it. You're in good company. They think I'm delusional with some of my ratings um, when I do them after the match, but. Um, they have asked me to ask you so to, to you for you guys for you guys in the chat there's the question so Sarah talk us through your player ratings <laughs> and then what are your, what's your criteria and judgment really or is it a sense of what you feel
0: it's a little bit of both I think I, I try to try not to overcomplicate it and just base it all on what you see it's an opinion um everybody it surprises me sometimes how polarising they are and how um, everybody really, really, not just fans, players as well, have an opinion on it. Um, or oh, do you get the
1: players after you on it as <laughs>
0: well? Oh, you, you'd be surprised, yeah. Players, not always, but some of them are, are really into player ratings and they're, yeah. they're quite um, yeah, quite keen to make sure they get good ones. I try and judge it on the performance as I see it. Um, yeah. I think if it's a big game against, against a Man City or, or Liverpool or yeah. the playoffs, for instance, and somebody puts in a really good performance, I think, well, that counts for a little bit extra um, because it's who you're playing against and the, the whole um, situation, the whole context around something. So um, that adds a little bit more. Kind of look at past performances, I guess. So if if I think somebody has played really well compared to how they... Have done previously, then that has an impact. Or, or likewise, if Serge Aurier, for instance, had been absolutely brilliant for, for so many games, missed yes. a consistent and then had a couple of wobbles,
1: yeah, which he did,
0: which, which you know, by anybody's side, he's still doing okay, but yeah. by his, he'd set the bar pretty high, yeah. So, that has an impact. Um, I try to be as fair with it as I can and just give my opinion, but. Everybody has a different one, and I guess that's half the fun of it, really. That there's no right or wrong answer. I can think somebody played brilliantly, and somebody else thinks they had an absolute stinker.
1: Well, they've they've started on you already, Sarah Adam said uh, here, Danilo only got six and a half, Warrell got the highest score. Uh, he, uh, I, think,
0: I think I gave Felipe the highest score. I think I, get, I definitely intended to give Felipe if that's I'm sure I did.
1: If you did, someone will tell you you shouldn't match, have. He was 100% man of the match. Uh, I've, yeah. I, there's no debate about that for me. He's an absolute brick and he's come in and shown oh, all he was, his experience. He
0: was superb. Yeah. Um, he Navas ran him close. But I thought Joe Wall actually did really well on Saturday as well. So he got a high mark. The whole defence did um, because, uh, you know, to keep Man City to one goal was some going. Um I think there was
1: one better defender than Felipe that day. I thought our best defender on the pitch was Haaland, the way he was making those (laughs) chances. (laughs) It it made it, yeah. We rode our luck at times, but yeah, they were absolute warriors out there. And it was really good to see the way Steve Cooper blocked out the middle of the pitch, forced man Mm. city wide, frustrated them. And then, you know, one shot, one kill as it was in the second half. And, yeah, getting goosebumps remembering back to that goal. <laughs> it yeah. was so Perfect good.
0: game plan. Perfect game plan. I, I, I think he deserves so much credit for that, Steve Cooper, because to get the tactics right, I mean, there, it's such fine margins, but it paid off. And again, to get the players to buy into it as well, even at half-time when you're 1-0 down, to say, look, keep going. We think, you know, yeah. we're still in with a chance. Don't give up. It just says so much about um, about him. Um, and it because just, that's the tough
1: bit, isn't it? Because at one nil down, I called it. I was like, "That's it. It's going to be three nil now." My yeah. head had dropped. You know, you think yeah. the gates would open. My mind set yeah, exactly. back to when I was at their stadium, and it was six. And to to have you know the um, I was going to swear there, but to have the ability to uh, to just say stick to the plan. We've got this and it will come good. Whereas there could have been panic. There could have been panic from other managers and been like, right, let's just throw it out and see what happens. You know, so it's uh, it's one of those ones. Yeah, but it was brilliant. So, yeah, so the player ratings, that's how you judge it. Guys, (laughs) you now know. You now know. I will say I'll give Sarah my support, right? You lot are too harsh. Yeah, everyone has their opinion. They're all entitled (laughs) to it. As I said to Sarah earlier. Yeah, as I said to Sarah earlier, one of you told me I got it spot on, and then 99 of you would tell me I was delusional, and, I, and I've seen the messages coming up in the chat. Uh, <laughs> someone said I always have my goggles on when I watch it, especially when it comes to like Morgan Gibbs or <laughs> I'm neutral and objective. Fantastic. Um, I want to ask a couple more questions. I want to get some of the uh, chat's questions into, if you don't mind. you OK, for another 10 yeah, minutes cool. or so. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is the fun question. Where do we finish this season?
0: Ooh. Do you know I've changed my mind so much over the, the the course of the season? If you'd asked me that probably back in in August, yeah. or the start of August and the beginning of August, I'd have given a completely different answer. But what
1: would you have said in August? I'll <laughs> put you on the spot start... there.
0: Before the season started, I, I was I was really hopeful and I, I really thought it was going to be a, a a good season and I thought that um I thought it, it wouldn't it wouldn't start the best because you have to kind of work your way in um. Probably actually not trying to sound like I knew what I was talking about, but maybe go through a rough spell but get going again and, and um yeah. But then when there was that patch in August where it it looked Ugly. really ropey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really ropey. Um I, I was thinking this is this is gonna be a, a really long season. Um it's gonna be a lot tougher. I thought the Premier League would be tough it's a lot tougher than what I was thinking and I'm just watching it um so yeah I I think back then it it wasn't looking great at all but now I'm really confident um
1: don't jinx us Sarah
0: I know that's what I'm, I'm terrified of doing that so I'm trying to say it in a roundabout way um
1: yeah. we know what you're saying yeah just yeah, don't say it I, out loud I know yeah? exactly not until oh, we be in West Ham and Everton yeah. We'll, yeah we'll have you back on and after we've won the next <laughs> two yeah then we can be a little more cocky and speak with you know higher tone voices yeah I
0: mean <laughs> I, I, what I would say is that it's still really really tight and yeah you can have a few bad results or a few good results and it oh, and it changes so quickly and there's so many teams still in it there's not a lot of points in it and teams are changing managers and you never know what impact that's going to have. Mm. Sean Dyche going to Everton, for instance, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he'll 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 work his wonders there and yeah. they'll be okay. Um whereas a few weeks ago I was thinking, well, you know, they're they're pretty much gone because they not just how they were doing on the pitch, but the whole atmosphere around the club as well. Um, they're in a they were in a really different place do the lights of Forest, who have got momentum, who the fans are all on side. There's so much unity. Everybody is together. Um, but but now I, I think Sean Dyshaw will come in and, and do a job for him. So it, mm. it just shows how things can change quite quickly. And you can't count anything um, yeah. until it's all done and dusted.
1: Yeah. So go on, put, put a number on it. <laughs> how many points and what position do you think it will be? We won't hold you to it because... You've, no, got, you know, you've got I, nothing to worry this, about This is before worse this than player season, ratings. Well, before the season, I said we'd finish fourth. And and they don't let me live it down, <laughs> you know, in the chat. And I still I mean, say I it's mathematically possible. It's, I'm, it's still mathematically <laughs> possible, you know. So. But yeah, go on. Give us for a bit of fun. And chat, you guys do <clears> it as well. Position and points, what do you think?
0: I would be happy if it if it all comes down even to goal difference. And um Survival goal difference, even that will be fine. I, I think anything more than staying up is a bonus. Anything above that is 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 terrific. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be tight, and I still think home form counts for a lot. Yeah, win the home games or or get points for most of the home games, and that'll go a long, long way to to making sure things are okay. But really need a couple of points away from home as well. I think 100%. just picking up the odd or you know, the, the, a win or two, there's some really away games coming up. I think Saturday you've got to look at it and think Huge. that's a really good chance to, to put, um, prior to the Fulham away game, I hmm. think it was four, four points from the previous two away ones, yeah. Southampton and, um, uh, I've forgotten who it was, Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth, yeah. And you said, well, that, that's kind of, things are turning a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just about getting that back, just maybe picking up, Scoring of the odd goal as well—it's—it's it's just little hurdles like that to overcome can go a yeah. long way. And Saturday's a, a big one for that. And you know, going into it, get on the back nervous. Of Man City draw. Oh no, I—I I, I don't think it's a nervy one. I, I don't. I, I, well, it
1: is I think... when you've talking as much crap as I have to the other West Ham YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, so I need—I need Cooper and the boys to back me up on it. <laughs> But it's big, isn't it? Because I if we be win confident. this one if we win this one, suddenly you're looking at a decent gap to West Ham. You know, it does become yes. that proverbial six pointer. And then yeah, if we can absolutely. go and back that up against Everton, then I really will be feeling strong and, you know, cocky about it a little, I guess. But uh, yeah, fantastic. I've got a few questions um, I want to finish with. And they're from the guys in the chat. James Cunningham has put a fantastic question on and I've got to ask you about this. Um, He says, hi, Sarah. Has Sarah met um, Mr. Maranakis? And what are our thoughts on him as we call him here? We call him the Greek father because he's just a legend (laughs) for us. Um, Have you met him and have you had a chance to sit down and speak with him at all?
0: I have met him. Um, I was very fortunate to go um, to cover Forest's winter camp in Greece um, yeah. during the World Cup break um, and had the chance to meet him then. That was the first time I'd actually met him. um He was a lovely guy, really, really nice, um, a nice chat with him. He's, he's got a real aura about him. You yeah. can see why he's he's so successful, in not just in football, but in business and, and everything else that he does. He has a real presence um when he walked into the room you you knew he was there um because he he, he just had something about him um but when you talk to him he's very down to earth and very nice very very passionate about forest yeah. um very knowledgeable about football um is desperate for forest to do well desperate yeah. for the club to do well um and he's shown that with the the amount of support that he's given um yeah he was uh, saw him on Saturday watching the game and seeing the pictures of him leaping up out of his seat and punching the air and really celebrating the goal and he's just so so passionate um and talking to the man the manager actually apologized on, on Saturday I don't know if you've seen his press conference video he was late he, wasn't he I mean, yeah he was yeah. late yeah, yeah. He, he was it was gone six o'clock when when he came for for his press conference which is very unlike him because he's usually yeah. very prompt and he doesn't he doesn't like to keep people waiting he's so polite so um, nice about it all. So he was so apologetic, uh, apologetic, and even the bits that he didn't see on camera, he was still going on afterwards <laughs> saying, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," um, because that's just what it was like. Um, but obviously, we understood because he, he's talking to. He the was owner with Greek father, having, wasn't he? Yeah. They were having a, a you know a, a very positive chat. He was keen to stress, and um, I'm sure that Mr. Maranakis enjoyed what he saw on Saturday because you know it was a great resort, great game. He's just put so much into the club, gives the manager so much support. Um, I think when you go back to the speech that he made um, after promotion saying, we'll back the manager, we'll we'll give him all the tools that he needs. He's proved true to his word. And as an owner, that's all you can ask. Um, Yeah. He just wants the club to do well. Exactly. Um, Anytime you ask Steve Cooper about it, he, he will say, all Mr Maranakis wants to do is help. He just wants to support. He
1: just wants does to. Does he spend? Does he spend a lot of his time in England? What's the split like? I don't know if you know between here and because he's obviously got Olympiacos as yeah, exa- well. Yeah, exactly.
0: So he he spends his time between the two, um, mm.
1: and, and obviously his other he has all these other yeah. businesses to juggle yeah. as well.
0: Um, I mean, he I don't know how he does it because I I couldn't cope with that amount of stuff to do all at once, but he. Um, he must find more hours in the day than the rest of us because he has so much going on.
1: Absolutely, we love but him.
0: He's so passionate about everything that he does, he, he and that's why he's successful. That's why he um, has done great things with Olympiacos, great things in business, and hopefully, more great things to come with Forrest as well.
1: Absolutely. We've got a great question here. I think we'll round up with this one from Jordan. Uh, Guys, there's still 200 of you in here. So please make sure you hit the like and go follow. I'm sure you all are. But if you're not, please go follow Sarah on Twitter. Uh, The mods will put her link in the chat as well. So make sure you're showing Sarah some love there as well. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you've seen the question from Jordan here. I have, oh. and I'm
0: trying to rack my brain That's I, yeah, I
1: was buying you a little Classic time while it's it's I saw such... your It's a fantastic question. It is a uh, good what's question. been your personal moment of the season so far? It could be something on the pitch, or maybe someone you've interviewed, or something like that. Um, off the pitch,
0: J- probably Saturday. Just everything about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was only yeah. a draw, but everything about it was brilliant. Um, the goal. I think I've watched the goal probably 20 times now already. It was that good. Um but yeah. the atmosphere the city ground when it's in that that kind of voice and and that kind of um everything about it is just incredible. It really it, Goosebumps. my mm. hair it does now even now. Yeah. Um
1: yeah.
0: So probably that one I think. But there's been there's been plenty. Um the Liverpool game that was brilliant. Absolutely loved that. Again, the atmosphere then was incredible. Um
1: I can't yeah, live through those last few. ten minutes again though against Liverpool. I think I had about nine heart attacks and Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um I think the playoff semi-final was worse for me. Um, watching that that one, it was just horrendous.
1: That one meant a lot There's, to me as well after two thousand and three, wasn't it, when Neil Warnock and that happens but yeah don't, we, we only talk about the good times now we only talk about the good <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> fantastic yeah
0: but there's been so many great moments um, I mean not probably since Steve Cooper came in that my, my list has just grown because it's there's just been so many if I think back to last season just could reel off a whole string of them so many mm. absolutely brilliant moments and yeah hopefully there's more still to come
1: well, let's hope the Man City is a forgotten memory because the ones to come are even better going exactly. ahead. And what a lovely note to finish on, guys. Um, Sarah, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to to spend with us and have a chat with the guys as well. And I know you're still under the weather, so I really do no, appreciate no problem. it. Um, guys, please go and show Sarah some love um on twitter is there anywhere else um that you're active on social medias or anything for the guys i, I know twitter
0: page and an instagram page um i don't know i'm terrible i don't know don't worry name. my
1: mods have got it all so they'll get the oh uh, oh well there you go even better than me yeah we'll get it in the description as well so if you're watching this later go oh, click in that description and make sure that you're following sarah uh, on all her social media platforms. And what a lovely insight into what happens that we don't get to see as Forest fans. And it, it's just lovely to hear about it. And I've had goosebumps about four or five times today as we were talking about, you know, just recent memories of this season. And let's hope there's plenty more to come. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Wednesday. Um, f- There's plenty of content still coming up on Forest Fan TV. We'll see you soon. Please do hit the like before you leave. Subscribe if you're new. And again, Sarah, thank you so much for your time.
0: No, no problem. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Been brilliant. Thank you.
1: Cheers. All the best.